right, welcome to episode 33 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm here with Eric Calvino. Hello, hello. And Ivan Ocampo. Buenos dias. Buenos dias to all. Today we are smoking something from the Cigar Snob Vault. Also going to be talking about a bunch of sports stuff, some cigar news, uh, also some some news from the uh, entertainment world, some sad news that people have probably uh, been made aware of. Today is June 8th. Before we get into all that, a word from our sponsor, Villager Cigars. Villager Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villager La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. We're back on this episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. Our featured cigar is Humo Jaguar, which is a uh, release. Eric, tell us how you came across this cigar. After the 2011 uh, Nicaragua, sorry, Honduran Cigar Festival, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Miami Cigar started distributing this uh, this product, so they sent us uh, they sent us a box of these to taste, and we did we smoked it. I think we even rated it way back when, but then uh, but then I put some away as right. I usually do. So that's 2011. So is is this the uh, the oldest of the things we've pulled from the vault? Maybe possibly. I think it is. So yeah, 2011. That's how long it's been in the humidor. This is, uh, again, made by Placencia. At the time, it was being distributed by Miami Cigar. It is a Honduran puro. It was available in three formats. Robusto, which is a 5x52. That's what we're smoking now. The Corona Gorda at 6x52. And the 6x60 Gigante, which these days isn't really all that Gigante anymore, right? By, no, it's by really comparison. not that big a deal. Uh, unfortunately, as people may be able to tell, I have a cold. I am not smoking, but those smell Ooh. pretty good. Yeah, they yeah, actually yeah. it does actually smell really, yeah. really good. Uh, yeah, even even through all this snot, I can smell the oh, that sounds umo so pleasant. Uh, and it smells good. So well, um, your, yours is uh, is there in the humidor, you so you can still have it. I'll get to it and report unless back. we really, really love these, and then Ivan and I will just fight for it. Right, yep. just cut it in half and fight over who gets the bottom. Uh, oh no, I never get yeah. the bottom. <laughs> Uh, so what are your thoughts on the cigar? I've I'm really, I, I mean, I literally just lit it, but, but yeah, the aroma is outrageous, right? Yeah. Uh, uh and it's got like a nice sweetness and a little bit of earthiness. It's, it's really nice. So I wasn't too confident about it. I didn't know much about this <laughs> I know, product. I know, I saw I don't, I don't, I don't love the name. Uh, no, and I don't and the love the, and the, the, the label's a little iffy, totally honest, but it is smoking really, really good. I like. I'm getting a lot of like, uh, like oatmeal and butterscotch. Yeah, it's got this like weird nutty, yeah, oatmeal-y granola-like thing. So yeah, yeah it's, it's actually really nice. Uh, so, Nick, I didn't, I didn't tell you about this, but Jason, who, uh, you know, he's the president of Miami Cigars. I asked him about this, this cigar, and he told me 
some some backstories about it and and some interesting items. But he also said that they have a box. Okay. Uh, that they are willing to ship. We didn't talk about this, so I don't know what kind of contest we can do. But he said, if you guys want to give away a box uh, as a contest or a giveaway, I have one here, so I can. You, you guys can uh, can use it for whatever you want. So cool. Can you think of something? I mean, rock paper, rock paper, scissor. No, Chico, not for one of us. For oh, our oh, listener. oh, because that would have been fun. <laughs> That would have been good. <laughs> that was great radio, right? Yeah, Rock, yeah, paper, yeah. scissors, great radio. Well, so this is a uh, Honduran product made by Plasencia way back when. Uh, so First person to take a selfie with Nestor Plasencia. Yeah, that guy wins <laughs> it. No, no, no. Listen. Uh, yeah, so, some, sort of, uh, some sort of picture with a Honduran cigar, I think. Uh, well, or even just tell us what your favorite Honduran cigar is. Although you like images. Images are good. Yeah. Take, I, I, would get, say, I would say take a picture. How about this? If you tweet, all right, here it is. If you tweet at us at cigarsnobmag.com what your favorite Honduran cigar is, you get one entry. And if you do so with an image, you get three entries. Whoa. And then we will compile all of those and then put it in our uh, promo simple randomizer and then pick one of those. Cool. Uh, And let's say... Tuesday the twelfth. So morning of Tuesday the twelfth. Get your uh, get your tweets at Cigar Snob Mag in by then. We want a photo of a Honduran cigar. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, tell it, but you don't have to. If you don't have a photo, you can just tweet what your favorite Honduran cigar is. This was from the Honduran Cigar Festival, so that's why okay. I'm I'm thinking we do that. So give us your favorite Honduran cigar at Cigar Snob Mag on Twitter. Uh, and we will randomize all that stuff. Bonus points if you have a photo in there. Uh, and we will announce a winner on the next. The winner will get a box of these right. Umo Jaguars from 2011. Right. And bear in mind that we're going to end up having to confirm with you your age and stuff like that. Yes. Have, yeah. I forget how it is that we go about doing that. Is that like a, send us a scan of your license or something? That, that's exactly what we do. Yeah. So, all right. Cool. And is this people in the U.S.? Only available to people in the U.S., yes. There you go. Okay. Right. Hope you were keeping track of all those rules. So, favorite Honduran cigar, Twitter, at Cigar Snob Bag. Bonus points for photos. Got to be in the U.S. Got to be of age. Be ready to send us your ID. Boom. There you go. All right. So, moving on. sprung that on you there, but NBA Finals update. Woo! We are coming up on probably the end of the NBA season. The Warriors have a 3-0 lead on the Cavs with Game 4. Is that tonight? That is tonight. Tonight in Cleveland. The obvious question here is, will we see a sweep? They got the brooms out. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling broomy. Yeah. (laughs) Did you you see the the, uh, video of that delivery truck dropping off a giant L at the Quicken Loans Arena? (laughs) That was so interesting. It was like, wow. How timely. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what that was about, but it was a giant white L, like a gigantic one. Yeah, well, maybe we're replacing the L in loans or something. Yeah, that's what that's what people said yeah. that it was likely, but man, the timing yeah, was just timing not good. There. You should have just left it off. Yeah. Oh, well. The owns. <laughs> the quick and owns arena. Yeah, the quick and owns. The next most obvious question is, what happens to LeBron James now? So if you were making predictions about what he does in the offseason... Going back to Miami. No, I don't know. No that. way. No, I don't think so either. But uh, but that'd be nice. I, I wouldn't mind it. 
What are you thinking? Probably sticks in Cleveland. Stays in Cleveland. Really? I don't yeah. see that, man. That's what if I, don't I see that. if I had to guess, that's what I would say. But I also I'm not sure who's on the block in free agency. I would think that like unless you can get like a Kawhi Leonard up there or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. But yeah. otherwise, I think it's Houston or Philly. Houston or Philly. Like, can you even bring in uh, a player of LeBron's? pay grade when you have like a Harden if you brought in a KD with yeah. uh yeah. with a Curry yeah. if you brought in a KD with a side of Curry of course you can figure this out so so I, I don't know man yeah. but, who knows uh, who knows I hope he ends up here I do not hope he not ends up here. I do yeah he, he's got do, too, he's got him. way too much pride to he's already leave, been talking about leave, doing way no I, again I don't think it's gonna happen yeah but. not happen yeah all right and finally we record or Ivan recommended HQ trivia on a previous episode of the podcast. Uh, we will note this is your last chance to get uh, one of these NBA Finals prizes that well, they're doing. Assuming that there's a sweep, it will be your last chance. Right? Yeah, this may be your last chance. So they did a hundred grand to, in game to one twenty five cents. No, some of them have been bigger. Like what? I forget. I forget what the numbers were, but I think like last night it was somewhere in the ten or twenty dollar range. Whoa. But you got changing. you got gypped because you are a pr- past winner. A I past am a past winner. winner. I, have, I have 26 cents. Everybody keeps <laughs> taking a <laughs> penny short, away from sorry, me. Sorry, Nicholas. 26 cents. So uh, so it's 400 grand the night of game four. If it goes five games, they'll do half a million, six games, 600K. Uh, but if you're an HQ trivia person, you do not want to miss that. I, I think it's uh, 9 p.m. So What great marketing by those people. Yeah. We're like promoting it's like it's gonna be a four hundred grand prize and then Yeah, you well it, I mean here comes your check for freaking a dollar. No, you need to have racked up twenty bucks before you can cash <laughs> no in. No check for you. No sir. check yeah. for you. Win nineteen. But you, but you may but you may get it all in one game, you never know. Yeah. All right. With that, we will shift to a word from our sponsor, the company that makes everyone a winner. El Galang Cigars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't have to wait until you have 20 cigars to cash out. Mm -mm. El Galang Cigars will let you take just one. El Galang Reserva Especial comes in four sizes, all box pressed. The 5x52 Airosos, the 5 and 3 quarters by 54 Apuestos, the 6x52 Gallardos, which is a torpedo, the 6x60 Obesos. All of these are 100% Nicaraguan tobacco with Jalapa Oscuro wrappers available in stores nationwide. You can find them online at elgalangcigars.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for El Galang Cigars. That's E-L-G-A-L-A-N Cigars. Elgalangcigars.com. 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 Anything else we want to say? Go get it. it. Okay. Now, some news from the cigar world. Black Label Trading Company announced the release of a cigar whose name might sound somewhat familiar. The company's Fabrica Oveja Negra in Esteli will be manufacturing Leaf by James, which is a collaboration with Island Jim Robinson, who you know from other products like Leaf by Oscar, and Leaf by, um, who, who else has leaves? Esteban. Leaf by Esteban. But hey, you also might know him from 
the current issue's photo shoot. Correct. Yes. Which was sponsored by Island Gym. Yeah. And he, he makes uh, some appearances in some... Uh, I thought that was really clever that yeah. uh, the ads that they placed inside the photo shoot looked like part of the photo shoot. That was just yeah, yeah, yeah. really well done. So, uh, yeah, thankfully he didn't uh, go as far as to match Bikini, up the wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, Island Jim is the owner of Pittsburgh's Leaf and Bean, which, by the way, you should check out if you're in Pittsburgh. Very unique, cool shop. Long the face, uh, or still is, of Leaf by Oscar, which is made by Oscar Bayadis in Honduras. And like we said, Leaf by Esteban, which is made at, uh, at Romacraft. Uh, a pre-launch event for Leaf by James will be held June 8th, 2018. At Leaf and Bean in Pittsburgh. Hang on a second. Today, oh, June 8th. You're right. That's today. <laughs> so, Friday, June 8th, they're doing a pre-launch event. If you're in Pittsburgh, uh, you want to have checked it out. The cigar features a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper, Ecuadorian Habano binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. It'll be available in one format, a 6x50 Toro. Next up, Camacho announced that it'll introduce the Camacho Liberty 2005 fro- throwback. 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 Yeah, I plead the fifth. Throwback. Like uh, 2005 throwback. The Liberty series has been around 16 years and is now a highly anticipated annual release. The 2005 edition was among the most acclaimed and limited releases of those Liberty series cigars. The cigar will be available in its original 1118 figurado format. It is a six-inch cigar with a 48-54-48 ring gauge. So that's 54 at the widest and 48 ring gauge at the head and foot. The blend is all Honduran Corojo. A lot of Honduran uh, tobacco in this episode's news. According to a Camacho press release, the blend, like the original, yields a rich, dark, and hearty smoke, boasting notes of earth, chocolate, and leather with hints of spice that increase in intensity throughout the smoking experience, end quote. Only 30,000 cigars were made. That's 1,500 boxes, $22 per cigar, or $440 for a box of 20. That's how many cigars were available for the U.S. market. Finally, uh, Kurt Kendall, who you may know as the owner of the 724 brand, uh, spoke with us recently about some expansions to his Twins smoke shop business in New Hampshire. Uh, So we're going to cut in some audio here of Kurt telling us all about the expansion, and uh, what you may be in for if you are traveling in the New Hampshire area and want to stop by. Well, the project started in 2014 when I purchased a 9,000-square-foot building in Londonderry, New Hampshire, and it was about a tenth of a mile away from my current location, which I had been in for about 17 years. We... uh move forward with this uh, building and uh, our goal was to design the finest cigar lounge and cigar retail shop in the country. So from all my travel around the country and uh, doing uh, promotions and visiting cigar shops, I had uh, taken all the best ideas I could find and decided to pour it into my own place. So we built and uh, created a uh, twin smoke shop called World Headquarters. It is a 9,000 square foot building. One entire floor, about 3,300 square feet is our, our retail store. And the floor above it, which is about 3,300 square feet, is a full lounge and a full bar. So 
my goal was to have the finest selection of whiskey, tequilas from around the world, and uh, really have the ultimate experience for the cigar smoker to come into. We finished that portion of the project, and we opened that in June 2015. And as we marked this uh three-year anniversary of that, we just unveiled uh, a new 850-square-foot outdoor rooftop-style patio, and uh, we just got that all furnished and opened that up for the public to come and enjoy the outdoors in New Hampshire and be able to smoke outside and uh, enjoy what we put together. All right, and that's the news from Cigar Town. Now, we'll talk to Eric about a volcano he once saw uh, and was freaked out by. Unfortunately, that volcano is causing some real damage uh, in Guatemala now. Uh, so we've talked about this volcano that people have been seeing in the news uh, when we're talking about your, your golfing by it, right? Yep, yep. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what they what you learned at the time and was, at least from my recollection of you telling the story, there was there wasn't really like a sense of like, this thing will do some real damage at some point. Yeah, no, there was no sense of danger. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was the only one in the whole group uh, kind of like running to my cart to run for safety. Yeah. Everyone else was like, no, dude, chill out. That that thing rumbles all the time. And, uh, and so the thing actually erupted. And at, at the la- last time I checked, I mean, this destroyed the hotel that we stayed in. Uh, and the golf course adjacent to it. So, yeah, it, it was a, a catastrophe. I don't know if you, I, I imagine you've seen the news, right? The yeah. So, so this is uh, the you're looking at it now, I guess. It's well, I mean, I had seen the news before. I'm, I pulled yeah, it up yeah, now, yeah, yeah, but uh, it's it's called uh, Volcán de Fuego. Correct. Uh, and it is just um, looks like right around Antigua. It is very close to Antigua uh, and and Guatemala City, for that matter. Right. 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 Um, so yeah, that erupted and, uh, covered a lot of things in ash. Uh, well, yeah, it's that, uh, what is the word for that? So yeah, it was the, uh, so on the side of the volcano that the hotel and golf course were that, that I was in, uh, what did damage there was the pyroclastic flow, right? Which is that like ash and, and it's, it's like extremely hot ash, uh, and smoke and it, and it chokes people to death, obviously, and burns them at the same time, which has got to be a horrible way. Uh, but anyway, it, it covered the golf course, covered the the resort, covered a, these little towns all around there. So, yeah, it looks horrible, man, horrible. And, and it was such a beautiful place. And having just been in Guatemala, not exactly in that spot, uh, it really it really touched me to see that, uh, all that damage. So I hope, uh, you know, the, the big problem there is that they didn't have, like, the the safety systems in place to like alert people. So these towns, these small towns that were near the volcano only found out that the lava or the pyroclastic flow was coming at them as it was too late. Uh, so, you know, so that, that's really a, yeah. a catastrophe there. So, yeah, I, I felt, I felt terrible. I mean, I felt sick to my stomach when the news came out, um, uh, Again, just having been there and, and having fallen in love with the place. Having, I mean, I, I went twice in the last uh, four years. So, yeah, terrible, man. Terrible news. Yeah, so... There's a lot to, of stuff going on in Central America, man. Yeah, to this point, it looks like the uh, 
that volcano eruption uh, has claimed over 90 lives. Um, CNN has a, uh, a story up with uh, satellite images, so it's the kind of thing where you can slide the slider in the middle of the image back and forth and see the before and after stuff. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive, you know, how, how thoroughly covered some of these areas are. Uh, are anyway. There, are there towns, yeah, like, the, well, situated that, the on, 90, on the... The 90 deaths are, are really the, the people in those towns that couldn't get out in time. Okay, because I don't think I've ever visited a volcano. I mean, I've been to Nicaragua, but I've never gone out and like been to like Mombacho or any of these places, these active volcanoes. Even in Hawaii as well, right? Correct. Same kind of thing. Like people live near it because they right. they, they don't erupt all that often. Right. And so you're just thinking, yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be fine. It'll it'll. And the real estate is appealing to. They, you're not talking a, about people who have a lot of choices, Ivan. In in Hawaii, though, I mean, you would think. Well, yeah, yeah, but that we're talking about like one or two little houses out there. Here, it's little little towns, little villages. Okay. Uh, very small towns, mm-hmm. right? But but it, those people don't have many choices. Right. Right. You still would think they would have one of those alar- early warning alarms. Yeah. Look, the thing the thing erupted. Sound the crazy alarm. Right. Right. These people only found out like as the pyroclastic flow is like on them already. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, so that's something to be aware of. If you are uh, feel so inclined, you may want to uh, check into how to donate to relief efforts and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm sure, you know, aside from just the whatever the human cost ends up being in total, there's just the, the I imagine, physical recovery of these towns. Of course. Which I, I, I wonder what that looks like as compared to, say, a hurricane or a flood. Like, is it just removing some of this stuff in some cases? Or I, I really don't know. This is just me thinking out loud. But something to look into. Um, and in any case, something to, uh, to, to see about if you feel like you want to contribute to whatever the relief so, efforts are. So maybe you can put a link, uh, Nick, to the uh, GoFundMe account. It's called Fuego Eruption Emergency Relief. Okay. Uh, it's a GoFundMe account uh, that people can make a donation to. Now, I, I can't speak to, you know, uh, the validity of where the money goes or whatnot, but that's that's the one that, that a lot of people have been pointing sure. to. Okay. So. Cool. Um, all right. So uh, let's go back to our featured cigar for a moment. We're switching things up here a little bit, but let's go back to our featured cigar for a moment. How are you guys feeling about the cigar now that you're a little bit farther into it? It is um it's a very slow burner, right? Yeah. But but not terribly strong. So that that's interesting. I mean it it burns really slow, very uh thick full-bodied smoke. Full body. But not it's not a lot of strength going not on. Not overpowering, so, but it still has a it has a little pepper. Uh, uh yeah, but I mean I imagine the 2011 has a lot to do with it, right? It's yeah. just it's been there so long. Um I get puffed wheat from it. Yeah, I, it's a wheat. it's a very. In, I don't know if a lot of. No, it's yeah. it, it. Well, in, in so Spanish when you're we calling call it, puffed wheat. I, I I get it. It's like it, it's a, either granola or puffed wheat, or it's got a, well, a strange Spanish, character. Trigo, trigo, un yeah. batido de trigo, I, and I get a lot of that in this. So, all right. So. I can't I can't say I disagree. I don't know that I would call it exactly the same thing. To me, it tastes a little bit more granola ish, but but again, it's a similar similar profile. Sure, sure. All right, but so no, that's extremely enjoyable. Umo Jaguar. If, and and uh, complex, right? I mean, still very complex after all these years. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to know how many of these have survived this long. I'm sure not very many at all. But Like outside of, uh, 
like the people who made it or the people who distributed right, it. Correct. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. not a lot of people have this. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, maybe a store that that bought too many boxes of it. You never know. Yeah, still has. Um, all right. So, but, but by the way, whatever the case may be, if you do find it, yeah. Uh, do you have? Did you take a picture of this? I haven't. No. Yeah. So put it on there so that if you find it, I mean, it's worth trying. I mean, I know yeah. that the packaging doesn't look great. Uh, it's got this. Uh, jaguar's face made of smoke and it, it doesn't really work it barely looks like a jaguar i know it does yeah but uh all the more reason though that it, you might find it because the, the some you know there's a lot of people out there that just buy cigars because they look nice on the shelf you know for being honest this didn't no uh and that may be a reason why they're easier to find in the wild than some other cigars from that year and, and i think from what jason told me uh they distributed it for i think less than a year yeah, because uh, there were other companies uh, marketing a cigar that they were uh, distributing under the same premise of this is the Honduran Cigar Festival's uh, winning blend or whatever. Yeah, and so Miami Cigar just said, "Okay, forget it. We're not doing this." Yeah. yeah. So less than a year, but I tell you, it's worth smoking if you can get your hands on them. All right. So Umo Hawar. Uh in another bit of kind of downer news, uh, you may have heard by now, Anthony Bourdain uh, was found dead after having committed suicide in a hotel room. Uh, he was found by fellow chef Eric Repair, who yeah, you one of his best friends. Yeah, right? one of his best friends who you probably also know from uh, a lot of TV and, and documentary appearances. Um, I feel like we're probably underqualified to get into, you know, a lot of the suicide mental health stuff sure uh, although you know i guess it bears mentioning that you know without really knowing why he killed himself uh you know it sort of always feel obligated to throw out like look into places to get help and all that stuff if you feel like you're on the brink of of something like this but d- sort of talking just about anthony bourdain w- what are some of the things whether it's quotes or tv shows or whatever that come to your mind? Like, do you have an especially memorable Anthony Bourdain thing? Well, just in general, this comes as a tremendous shock, right? Not just, I mean, to me, but I'm sure to everybody. Because you you look at him and he, he seemed to be living this, like, wonderful, like, is this like a dream? It seemed like a dream job, yeah. right? Traveling the world, right. eating at the best restaurants, meeting new people, But also, drinking. on the flip side, right, had a family Family also. Right. So, Correct. So it wasn't like an empty, because, you you know, people sure. who travel a lot but then have this empty home life, that's tough. But in his case, he didn't. He had I did, Or I should say it didn't seem like he had an empty home life. It, it looked like a very full right, right. home life. So, uh, yeah, that is that is why, part of, to me, why it was shocking. Yeah, he didn't have any, any big, like, negative uh, things in the news. He had actually promotion, I guess, to CNN with the, with his show. I mean, uh, it comes as a big shock. And yep. Depression is a, you know, serious thing. It's real, man. Yeah. It is. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. Like, I remember I was telling you guys earlier that I lived, when I lived in New York, I lived upstairs from uh, from one of the restaurants where, where he worked. Yeah, it's just, man, it's it's sad. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's just such an incredibly sad thing. And he, he, he came to Miami quite a bit. Yeah. Quite often. So, uh, yeah. And just a fellow smoker, right? Right, right. Seemed like a good dude. It's just it's sad. And I always compared our travel pieces to a lot of what he did. And it was probably maybe like, you know, a good guide to exactly how we approached our our travel issues, how we went into places trying to show 
uh, our readers places that they maybe haven't heard of, things yeah. to try. So yeah, and a lot yeah, of the, it being the, food. I mean, yeah, yeah, and the mix of uh, you know the mix of, of things that you shouldn't miss with things that you may have never heard of. So like that that combination, I think the way he did that inspired the way we do our travel. So yeah, like I said, I, it just saddened me when I when I heard it. Yeah. Uh, what are, what were did you have like maybe favorite episodes of shows of his or or something like that? Man, the one that sticks out to me, I think he was in Alaska hunting seals. Hunting seals? <laughs> With Eskimos, yeah. And uh, they, I think they hunted this seal and they brought it back to this like in, room. this Inuit house and yeah. they like, they, they started yeah. skinning the seal yeah. in the kitchen on the floor. So I still have that mental image of this thing, of this like Inuit uh, or Eskimo lady, like full of blood. <laughs> chewing on it like a a dead seal. I was like, wow. Yeah, that's chewing crazy. on seal fat. It's wow. crazy. Seal blubber. Yeah. The the thing that comes to my mind is the the episode he did in Cuba, because I know especially here in Miami, you know, there was a lot of anytime that somebody announces, oh, we're gonna do a big thing in Cuba, there's all this like immediate skepticism, and I think even even a lot of Cuban exiles were pleasantly surprised with how satisfied they were with his treatment of Cuba and his sort of uh, acknowledgement of some of the behind-the-scenes, you know, tyrannical Dynamics, elements yeah. of, of that. And and I also, uh, even though, like, I, I don't do a lot of, you know, food quoting, uh, he has a, I, I pulled it up here, one of my favorite food-related quotes, uh, and it was, vegetarians and their Hezbollah-like splinter faction, the vegans, are a persistent irritant to any chef worth a damn. To me... Life without veal stock, pork fat, sausage, organ meat, demi-glace, or even stinky cheese is a life not worth living. Vegetarians are the enemy of everything good and decent in the human spirit, an affront to all I stand for, the pure enjoyment of food. The body, these waterheads imagine, is a temple that should not be polluted by animal protein. It's healthier, they insist, though every vegetarian waiter I've worked with is brought down by any rumor of a cold. I'll accommodate them. I'll rummage around for something to feed them for a vegetarian plate, if called on to do so. $14 for a few slices of grilled eggplant and zucchini suits my food cost just fine. So, if you want to honor Anthony Bourdain's memory, stop being a vegetarian. It's dumb. <laughs> you know, but just reading that, I mean, he was such an amazing writer. Yeah, which I think is the other thing, right, is uh, among the celebrity chefs, he was probably the best at telling those stories and and as a not just a writer but as a speaker and i mean i never ate any of his food but it, it wouldn't surprise me to I, mean, I, I imagine that his food could only be so much better than he was at this like it's you'd probably have a tough time saying like he was clearly a better chef than he was a tv guy he was a better tv guy than a lot of career tv guys oh for sure i mean and listen the, the restaurants that he worked in in new york weren't you know there weren't any culinary masterpieces or or Michelin stars being one in right. those places. I'm, I'm not not to belittle his uh, chef career. Sure, sure, sure. But clearly, what he did uh, after being a chef, right, uh, was far more impactful. Right. Yeah. And at least in terms of the from recognition he got from it and all that. Yeah. So. Like even like just even if he had just written Kitchen Confidential and did nothing else, right. I think that uh, that alone was incredibly impactful. That book. Yeah. Uh, you know, our friend uh, Michael Beltran from Ariette. Uh, talks about it all the time. So yeah. All right. So uh, from Anthony Bourdain 
to our NHL update. We'll be very brief. The Capitals won. Woo! Give us a give us a horn, dude. On. Come on. Oh man. This I is was for you. Not this ready. is for you, no, Capitals. I was not ready for the NHL horn. Hold on. <laughs> All right, that horn is that for the Capitals. For Washington. Uh unfortunately this means the end of over the top Las Vegas style uh pregame shows until next season. I, th- I think it'll be interesting, you know, to keep an eye on on that Las Vegas franchise and see how, you know, how long that success lasts. It's it's a rare thing for an expansion team to uh, to to make it that far in a first season, but of course. Uh, so yeah, something to keep an eye on. Okay, and then in our last sports update, Saturday, UFC 225, Yoel Romero versus Robert Whitaker. Uh, this is a title fight. I think they're fighting for the middleweight title. It should be good, especially if you're a fan of super thick Cuban accents. Uh, Yoel Romero delivers. We'll cut in with some Yoel cut Romeroisms here. Hey, Michael Bipin, you say you want to see me in Cuba? I go Cuba tomorrow. I want to see you in Cuba, all right? You say the media day, you come in Cuba, but you never come in. So you want it? I go London, Manchester, whatever you want. I want to see you face in the octagon. So they have got the people chant. You need respect for my country. That's it, Cuba, man. I see you whatever you want in London, in England, whatever you want, fight with me. You scare. You scare about me. Yeah. Best excuse to use Joel Romero. For sure. It's not Joel. It's Yoel. Yoel. That's how you have to say it, though. Joel Romero. <laughs> whatever way you want. Uh, so, uh, recommendation here before we go into our parting recommendations uh this is going to be a rematch and the ufc has the first fight for free on youtube uh it's if you're into watching fights that is a fight worth watching it's it's one of those where they go the distance and by the end of it it's like they can barely move they're just so exhausted uh but definitely want to try to watch that before you watch this rematch it'll uh it, it should be a very interesting fight uh the undercard i think has uh uh, I forget who he's fighting, but CM Punk. So if you're a wrestling fan, uh, CM Punk was embarrassed the first time he went out in UFC fight. Uh, looked totally unprepared, but he is back. Uh, who's so your, who's your favorite wrestler all time? I was never a wrestling fan. You got to throw one out at me. I uh, honestly like I I have never given even half a shit about wrestling. Well, you know, so you look like I, a Jimmy Superfly Snooker fan. No, no, I liked. Uh... I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I like way back in the, I, I forget what the name of the, you know how they always had like a federation or whatever. Yeah. I love the Ultimate War, the uh, no the, the Road Warriors. Yes. You remember them? Sure. I loved it coming in with Black Sabbath. What? Yeah. Yeah. With the spikes the and spikes. everything. I yeah, used to sure. love them. I mean, until that that one fateful day that I finally convinced my dad to take me to see a wrestling match and seeing it in person. Just made it all incredibly fake, and I was disenchanted and never saw a wrestling oh. match again. I th- I believe I was a I was a little kid and I believed it. I bought it completely, oh. like hook, line, and sinker. Nick, not even like a Hulk Hogan. Yeah, really, like Andre I, I the Giant. Never you Eric Von Eric. Of course, like the I had Von, my name. I love Von Eric Brothers. Yes. Yeah. They, and their they, dad, Fritz they, Von Eric. Did they fight barefoot? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were like. Uh, yeah. 
They were the nature boy before the nature boy. Like West Coast barefoot surfer. Let's That's just what go they like, yeah. fake wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go just... fake wrestle. So what was your what was your favorite? So I think I was a fan of the Iron Sheik. You just think? just because of the of, move, of the, the, the move, the, the camel? camel clutch. Yes, the camel clutch. What is the camel clutch? How does one camel clutch somebody? So uh, you <laughs> someone's got to be laying down face face down or as Danny our friend would say dick in the dirt right <laughs> that's right and then you you straddle him over the neck area and then you put over his back and shoulders back and shoulders and are, you you stra- you, are you are you, is your face facing the same way his yes, face yes, is both of your faces. this is not going to help our listeners but right He's facing down. You get here, and then you take their arms. Okay. You put them the arms over your knees. Over your kneecaps, and then you pull up on the chin okay. as you squat down on his back. Got it. That's the camel so you're, clutch. Yeah, so you're That's, bending his back backwards. Bending his back backwards, pulling up on his neck. It's a tremendous wrestling move. It's it's a tremendously painful-looking <laughs> wrestling move. But probably didn't even hurt. Probably. <laughs> Okay, so there's so that. that. That's that. How's that for a, a sports update? Yeah. That may have been the most in-depth <laughs> sports update we've ever had. All right. With that, here is a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars is celebrating 130 years in tobacco and unveiling its first-ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. It's a follow-up to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. The Nicaraguan Puro is wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano Oscuro wrapper and boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora is a palate-pleasing, full-bodied yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. Make sure that you visit Villager online at villagercigars.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash villager.northamerica. Twitter at Villiger Cigars, that's cigars with an S at the end, and Instagram at Villiger Cigar. Just Villiger Cigar, no S at the end, on Instagram. All right, and as always, we're wrapping up this episode with our parting recommendations. This is where we tell you things that you should be smoking, watching, doing, eating, drinking. Ivan, what do you got? I'm not going to be doing any of that. I actually need a recommendation from our listeners. So I have a friend... Asking for a friend. Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. Uh, I have a friend who uh, booked uh, a hotel reservation, I believe in Bonita Springs, uh, and he says that he got a tremendous deal on snaptravel.com. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of this? Nope. No. So it's an online travel agency that gives uh, travel deals via Facebook Messenger. So you have to enter your Facebook profile or and or telephone number and then they send you the deal. Okay. So part of the of the rub here is that they get your information before yeah. you get the code so you don't just start shopping around for, you know, travel deals on on all these different sites. I've gotten some really, really good rates like on good offers. So, so you signed go- up. So good. So good that it seems like a scam. No kidding. So I need some help. Has anyone? Has anybody ever booked anything through Snapchat? Wait, didn't your friend say that he? He did, but it, that he hasn't gone yet. So I'm expecting oh. him to show up there, and they're saying, "Sorry, Mr. Clavel, uh, we don't have any room for you." <laughs> <laughs> so you want to know if anyone has ever successfully booked and stayed at yeah in a Snap in Travel a snap, reservation? Correct. 
Ah, so. okay. Okay. So, so sorry. Interesting. You want to get back to us? So this f- is not a recommendation or a recommendation no. not to use. Soliciting. This is uh, asking for a yeah. friend. Yeah. So- <laughs> sorry. Sorry for the change up. No, that's all right. That's yeah, all right. That's... A little curveball, but we can deal with that. Uh, you want to get to Ivan at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. That's feedback. What? Or they can try scam at uh, <laughs> or feedback. That. So yeah, feedback at cigarsnobmag.com if you've ever used Snap Travel and have something to say about it. Eric? Uh, so yesterday I was invited to, to have lunch at Elvez uh, restaurant, a Mexican restaurant, new Mexican restaurant at the W Hotel in Fort Lauderdale. Holy smokes, that was awesome. Yeah? Awesome. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a, a uh, Stephen Starr property. So the... The restaurateur, you know, who you may know from uh, Morimoto. Uh, okay. Oh, Morimoto. Yeah. What's uh, China Grill? No, not China Grill. China Steakhouse Three. No, not China Steakhouse Tuscan Three. Tuscan Steak. He won the James Beard Award for like restaurateur of the year. Ah. So Ooh. he's he's a yes. badass. Yes. Indeed. At any rate, uh, the restaurant is great. Has uh, an area where you can smoke. You're facing the water on Fort Lauderdale Beach, facing the ocean. Nice. Uh, really worth going to. And the hotel itself had a massive renovation, and it's beautiful right now. So the W Hotel, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Elvez Restaurant. By the way, the name of the restaurant, Elvez, which actually means nothing, right? Elvez means nothing. Yeah. He got the name from a Las Vegas Elvis imperson- Mexican Elvis impersonator who calls himself nice. Elvis Presley. Nice. Oh. So that's where he got the name. That's good. Uh, so yeah, I thought I thought that was good, but more importantly, the food was awesome. Cool. All right. So Elvis in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, my recommendation is more of a recommendation to avoid. Uh, don't watch The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Is it a chick flick? No, it's well. Uh, yes and no. You always so, come through with these chick flicks. It's not a. It's not a chick flick. It's, it's not a flick at all. It's a, He's susceptible it's a, to yeah, a chick is. flick. It's a Hulu original series. Uh, it is uh, not quite a chick flick. It's about so the premise of it is it's based on a novel from 1985, uh, and the premise is that the U.S. government has been overthrown uh, by a theocratic. There's basically like some issue with uh, infertility, and so they're taking all the fertile Ooh, women. Chick flick for sure. No, they're taking all the fertile women and making them. Uh, As he says, no breeding stock. He's clearly, yeah, yeah. describing it. Only, chick only flick. movie I I would watch that the U.S. government gets overthrown is Mars Attacks. <laughs> so there, we we that. we come in peace. <laughs> That's good. In this case, the invaders did not come in peace. <laughs> anyway, it's terrible. It's a super predictable. <laughs> Uh, every cliche trope Thank of, you, about the patriarchy or whatever. Uh, Mars Attacks was more creative than than this <laughs> series. So anyway, uh, yeah, my recommendation, do not watch The Handmaid's Tale. It is caca. Uh, anybody else got things they want to say? I'm still enjoying this uh, Umo Jaguar. Umo Jaguar. Yeah. How yeah. about you? Go out and smoke some Umo Jaguar and El Galan Reserva. Ooh. And Villager while you're at it. And Villager, too. Yeah, sure. Smoke all the things. Cool. All right. All right, y'all. Thank you very much for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Have a good weekend. Take care. See you.